right, friends, Zig coming in on the top. Today on the show, we have the legendary King Yellow Man, innovator of dancehall, and a man with more accolades to his name. The more I do research, the more I find that he's done and that he's credited for that it would take me way too long to put the right list up because by the time I had finished my first list, I would have found more to add to it. It was an honor to have this conversation and Yellowman's constant source of inspiration. Here's someone who had all the odds put against him, but he found his way through and innovated, not only made it, but innovated. Yellowman's on tour now with his daughter Karima. They, uh, they got some new music coming out. There's a single that's been put out this year, but at the show they had a vinyl. I caught him at May Halls in Lakewood. Um, and what was beautiful about the show was that it was a family affair. When the show started off, Karima opened up, and uh, I was watching the crowd, and I looked to the left, and I see where the backstage door is, and there's this guy holding a baby with uh, headphones on and pointing out, and I put two and two together and realized, oh, that's Karima's baby. And it would, so that's Yellow Man's grandchild. And then in the middle of Karima's set, Yellow Man comes up, runs up on stage. It was like this ska tune and just is dancing and getting into it. Doesn't even sing. It's just supporting because he loved and was so moved by that song. And there was this beautiful family support that I've never seen at a show before. And then Yellow Man gets up and he's running the whole time. It was amazing. So if you can, I highly recommend you see these guys while they're on tour. To put a premise on the interview you're about to hear, I reached out to Yellow Man's crew when I saw they were playing in Lakewood to schedule an interview, um, and we finally picked a day, and it was on a Wednesday, and uh, they gave me a time for like a time frame of one to three. I'm like, cool, assuming that they meant the Thursday. So I started to do my hours of research. If you guys have heard any of the other episodes before, you know, uh, it sometimes gets a little detailed. So I started to do my research, and then what happened was I read the email wrong, and they meant that day. So um, I started to panic and had to set up all my gear. wasn't quite ready to roll with it. But then after the first couple minutes, it rolled into it and got pretty comfortable. And Yellowman's a very inspiring person. But with touring, um, the bus itself is kind of noisy, so there is kind of a, on both ends, some complications with um, hearing, and uh, but that's been edited. So on your end, you won't really hear what you're about to hear right now. Won't sound like that. But it led to one of the 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 kind of pits of the of the interview where um they got to their first stop, and I know how it is to travel. You only have so many stops, and uh, we plan to continue the interview at another date. And it just didn't work out because they kept going down the road and they ran into some more snags. The van broke down. I think they missed a gig because of it. And um, so right now, this is uh, this is the part one. Hopefully there's a part two in the future. But as of right now, this is a part one. And I'm beyond honored to have gotten the chance to have a part one. So before we dive into it, if you guys can like, rate, review, subscribe to the podcast on any of the podcast platforms, it really helps me to keep talking to inspiring people and share those insights with you guys. If you have not heard the last interview with Victor Wooten, please do. And without further ado, here's my interview with King Yellowman. Awesome. Cool, cool. Well, where are you guys at now? Yo, we in the bus. We, we are on our way to uh, Cleveland, Ohio, the world. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, and the Detroit show didn't pan out too well. Oh no, no, it, it, uh, 
that one did cancel a long time ago. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, how's the how's the road been with a current um, concert climate, like with a the COVID restrictions and everything? Has it been a has it been more difficult to make shows happen, or has it surprisingly been more um, easier with? No, it's, no, it's not difficult. You know. Okay. Same thing. Okay. You know. Yeah, yeah. So equally as hard. <laughs> but uh. Yeah. Beautiful. All right. Well, my first question was a. Uh, can you tell me about Sister Mary, who had the sound system? Sister Ignatius. Ignatius, yes. Yeah, man. Um, well, you know, it's just, uh, I was in the Alpha Boy School, and, you know, she had a sound system, and she played only on Saturday, okay. you know? So yeah. it, was a, it was a treat. She wouldn't bring it out all the time. Right, yeah. It was a, a treat for the the boys um, at that time, you know? It's a, it's interesting because yeah. uh, she was a nun, and I worked with uh, some nuns with a part of my schooling, and um, music like she like she would play would be not would be secular, right? Which is kind of uh, unusual for a nun to play, right? Yeah, well, a lot of people ask me that, you know, but, you know, knowing her and seeing her, it, it, it was, that that was never in our mind, right. you know, because she was playing music because she loved music, right? you know, and she loved, she loved reggae music. So it, it it was a normal thing for us. It's it's interesting that um there's kind of that uh stigma, like um because when I was working with the nuns, they were like uh they were in Elvis, they were in the rock and roll, they were into not necessarily I mean hymnals and stuff, of course, but it's a I I don't know it's it's kind of a I think it speaks highly of the music and highly of a it doesn't really it doesn't really matter it affects us all the same. Um, what type of uh, what type of music was she playing? Ah, uh, well, she played um, reggae music. Hey, any artist in particular? Did she have a fancy for? Ah, uh, she used to play like uh, Ken Moots, uh, Daddy Uri, Big Uts. She played Mighty Diamonds. She played Culture. Bernard Spear, Bob Marley, you know. Was that your first introduction to a lot of those artists, or? Oh, well, no, because we, they used to play it on the radio, right. you know. Because right. um, also from, uh, from Alpha Boys, there was a, there was a lot of famed, uh, or not famed, but uh, future musicians that came out, like Tommy McCook and... Tim Gordon, Vin Gordon. Um, yeah. You have uh, Dee Fraser, you have Leroy Smart, and a couple more, you know? So was there a big music program aside from... A, um, aside from... Yeah, they did have... They did have the uh, Alpha 
my school but but the various of the instruments jobs mm. guitars clarinet saxophone trumpet trumpet right you know? did you dabble in any of those or no no I was just a vocalist okay were you were you still a football focused at the time yeah but I, but I always played soccer you know because I used to play on the um, the soccer team <laughs> yeah and, uh, was a when you like because that seems to be uh, at least physical activity and physical maintenance seems to be as equal of a passion for you um, when did it did it just start off playing on the teams as a as a as a kid moving from all these different um, living situations or was it more in the alpha boys where you really dove into the physical expression of yourself uh, well from growing up but uh, um love soccer, you know, because we we were listening um uh, we're fond of Brazil, Argentina, you know, Chelsea, Liverpool, all those soccer teams, you know. So I I've read that like growing up you've had uh uh, you ridiculed by by peers and and other students was a was kind of the soccer team like a place that didn't happen oh uh, no it would not be there because everyone of us was grow um grow up right away you know so we 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 turned into big boys you know that had to be a that had to be a really good place place to kind of gain find yourself in a way because everyone's working together. Right, right. Yeah. Um. So now, when did you like? So when did you start working the sound system? Um. The sound system started working like in the. Uh, the late, the early, the, the late 70s, going into the 80s. Okay, so Sister... Sister Ignatius. She, she didn't let you work her system? No, no, we... She... She... Cleared her system by herself. Okay. okay. What is when I leave Alpha Boy School, I start to uh, go around um, dance hall and sound system. Okay. Is that when you met Jimmy Winner? Yes, okay. sir. Yes, sir. And uh, now, so learning learning how to operate the system and how to like how to run it that had to be kind of second nature from seeing seeing it and growing up around it. But like uh, the DJ perspective is such a unique. I think a unique uh, place to be in because you get to see how the room moves. You get to see how the rhythm affects everybody. Right. Um, yeah, true, true. So when were like some kind of early, or what were some type of early like uh, observations of that? Like 
some before you started working like uh what were some things you noticed always kind of affected people in certain ways well um we we always um sing um a lot um things that um happened to us and happened in the um, atmosphere in terms of the people, yeah. you know? So we go hard. So our lyric content, it was the way out, right. you know? And then you were working at a, as a DJ at Aces in St. Thomas. And that was yeah. Jimmy, right? Yeah, that was Mr. Jimmy Winter. But before... Mr. Jimmy Winter used to go around with uh, Scorpio, Rico uh, Mafia, you know, and so like Virgo, Gemini, Steroid, Steroid, you know, and Steroid with General Echo, you know? So it, it all it all build up to that. Yeah, right, right. There's a, a lot of my um, early kind of music career here. I I worked at a place called Aces, so I was I was relating to that. I'm like, oh, that's cool. It probably wasn't as cool as a, the the. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, but but yeah, that's that's where he bought all the the sound system equipment from Ace from Ace. Music store in uh, Miami. You know, that's the reason why you call this sound Aces. Uh, oh, got it. Got it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, when did you, so through working there, you uh, you weren't always welcomed on the mic, right? You kind of had the. Yeah, man. And, yeah. Uh, Eek Mouse, he was uh, the first guy who let you up. Can you speak about him? Yeah, well, you know, Ika is, you know, Ika, he have a type of uh, bully. So when I, when other guys would give me the mic, he come also take it from them and give it to me, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's it's one thing because you know everyone. I imagine it was to uh, imagine it was the competition was fierce. I imagine a lot of people wanted to be in that in that position. Yeah. So, yeah. But it, music is such a is such a welcoming thing, and it does so much for so many people. And it music music yeah, itself isn't um, isn't competitive. Um, yeah, and part of that is I believe it's uh I believe it's so potent when there's a rhythm and you can speak over it, your message is definitely heard. Um, so when you got on that mic for the first few times in a, in a setting like that, um, what was kind of did you notice an immediate reaction or did it just like fit right and you just like was there nerves involved? Were you nervous doing this? Like, or did you just jump right into it and take the moment and were ready for it from years of uh years of working up to. Yeah, well, well, that's how, yeah, well, that's how was, um, 
the type of dance hall back in the days. We 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 already prepared to do the lyrics right at this spot. We make up the music because we 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 sing over the instrumental of the music. Cause like I imagine um imagine uh being in it, you know, it's hard to like I don't know. That's a years like to do a DJ um sorry, let me reframe my question. DJs and just being able to work a mic like that involves such confidence. And that's what I think translate there's a, a timid DJ you don't really know of a timid DJ. So there's that there's that presence and that you were that you know exactly where to go. And like I I've done some DJ gigs uh Actually, I've done a lot and a lot of weird DJ gigs in weird places, but like, which I'm sure you have too. But um, but there's that just knowing how the show is going to run and knowing exactly where this music is taking this crowd is such an important um, feature of a DJ. And like, it just yeah 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 we just it's it's like a show you know you you feel the crowd and. You know what they want, and you know what they like. So you give them what they want, and you give them what they like. Right. Yeah. yeah. You know? And it, it's just like, I don't. They're depending on that from you too. It's like this beautiful give and take. Um, can you talk a little bit about some of your DJ influences at the time? Sorry. Can you uh, talk a little bit about your DJ influences at the time? Yeah, well, my, my DJ influence is like, you know, uh, um, we sing, uh, as what I say, we sing what people have like. You sing girl lyric, we sing um, Rastafari lyrics, Ganja lyrics, you know, we sing all type of lyrics, you know? Um, did you... Uh... Did you ever do any work with a big youth during this time? No, 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 no. no. Only, only um, since um, I'm, I'm international, oh, okay. you know. Because uh, I was reading a list of your influences, and he popped up there. Um, so while working on a while working through Aces, <laughs> when did you meet Fathead? Oh, well, we need Fathead, you know, in a, um, in a gig, what we do in, um, in the countryside. So, you know, we became friends and, you know, we chat along together with the, with the sound pieces. And we have Likari and other guys like Jarubal and you know, Cockatee and Wally Moore, you know? And what was it like working with him? Because you guys done a... No, I, yeah, everything was good. But in the, in the first stage, it wasn't good. But it, you know? From that time on, when did, a, when did recording... Because recording, like, a lot of, like, what from what I understand, like, your type of act was kind of just a live act. When did it start to become recording? Or recorded, I should say. 
you know, when you, you know, um, producers start coming to dance and they listen and they say, I like that lyric, so they want it to record. That's how the recording start, okay. you know? Was that like, oh, was that before the, the Tasty Talent Show or um, post? Yeah, it, it, no, the, the Tasty Talent Show is, is the okay. first major stage show. God, you know? And that's what got everyone, that's where you got your attention from, from winning that. Yeah. Right. And uh, so it's interesting because I, I read that a lot of what you do is improv at first. A lot uh, of what you do is improv, like, uh, you, you, it's not written down. You go up there and do it. Right. That's freestyle, right, right. you know? So. Yeah, we don't, we, we don't, we don't write songs. That's a, that's, that's John Coltrane. That's, you know, I mean, that's, that's the, the essence of, yeah. of, of music is it being, in that moment, on that spot, and the and the you know, and that's right. so like, it's it's a you know, it's one thing for a, a someone who practices scales in their instrument, because um, you can say a musical phrase and there's no um, other type of attachment other than emotion, but when you add lyrics to it, there's yeah. like a there's a, this intellect that follows it. So it's much, I I think it's much harder to be able to improv something like that, and like. Man, the the amount of work you put out doing that, but going into like these early these early gigs, um, did you like when a song would start? Did you have like a was there a phrase that came to mind, or was it just the the rhythm and the song spoke? No, it's just it's just a natural talent, you know. So we what what happened is that when we go to the dance, to DJ. We will use an important topic and make it into music. You know, we take any topic, any part of a man body or a woman body, or any words, love, sex, you know, Rasta, Kanja, any word. I just turn it into music. So you call that freestyle. So that, that kind of was the premise of it, and then everything just fell, followed suit. Um, was there a particular... Yeah. I, mean, uh, this, I mean, I know it's kind of hard to, uh, to ask questions about improv, and I'm finding myself doing that, but, like, was there, a, was there any, like, particular, like, with would the rhythm bring up that main word or would it just be kind of on your mind and you made it fit to the rhythm that you were hearing? No, sometimes the, the rhythm gives you the vibe also, you know? You like that rhythm, so, you know, it, it, it just gives you a, a natural melody, you know? Do you ever find do you ever find yourself worried in different occasions like because it is a all kind of freestyled sometimes it might slip through the slip through the cracks and not be there or is it always there? Oh uh, no, it's always here. That's a, it's always here. Cuz I was like with a certain songwriters when I 
I've been interviewing them, they'll, they'll bring up like a lot of times they'll have a, a chord progression, right? Or the music before and then the lyrics come out naturally, just kind of like how it sounds like your process is. Yeah, yeah, we, we, we come out naturally, you know, because we can't sing about anything. The crowd, we can't sing about the sound itself. We can't sing about pieces itself. You know, we can't sing about nobody move, nobody get hurt. Because just like back in the days, you know, it, it, it became a natural thing to us, you know. Is it like post, during like, during, while you're kind of freestyling, when a line sticks out, like the ones you just said, is there like a kind of a thing that goes off like, oh, that landed? I need to think about that or bring that up again? Or were these kind of like, were they like little magic aha moments? No, we're just, we're just singing, we're just singing to the, a melody. And the crowd would go crazy. So we know what to do for the crowd. So you get that immediate response. So you're like, that one comes back. <laughs> yeah. Um, can you, uh, I also read that um, you said, this is shifting gears, you said, um, thinking is my healing. Can you elaborate on that? Yeah. Um, you said, thinking is my healing in an interview I read. Can you elaborate on that? Oh, well, you know, it's like, say, for instance, you have a sickness. If you think about it in a bad way, you will always feel pain. But if you don't think about the bad things that comes out of thinking, you don't think bad. Right. You know? So, when I when I have um, the cancer, I never think that I'm going to die because my love over matters. You understand? You don't think about anything negative because when the doctors say, I'm going to live only three weeks, one doctor said three weeks, one doctor said three years. I don't think about it. That's the reason why I say my thinking is my year. Right. That's beautiful. Right. Yeah. It's everything, uh, uh, everything biological is a, phys uh, everything physical is biological. And having that mindset is like yeah. a beautiful way to, yeah. to keep on. Um, yeah, yeah. Wow. You just keep on. You just, if, if, if you have a sickness, you just keep on doing, live the same life. You always live. Right. I don't think about. This is 
because you know it's there, but you don't think about it. You know, so my thinking is my healing because when I think, I think deep. I think about what the doctor said. I don't think what he said. I think about that. I think past that. It's very, very profound. Yeah, like I, I imagine, I imagine this the um, kind of growing up through the uh, bouncing from different orphanages and having to um, fight for the mic. I imagine growing up like that definitely helped I- install that mindset. Hello. Hello. Hey, Dave. Sorry, <laughs> I'm sorry to interrupt. Um, we're about to make a, a stop. Where arrive in the venue to do like the sound check okay. stuff. Um, I don't know if there's a way that you could. You want to wrap up the call with that, or you want to do like a continuation? Um, I would love to do a continuation if you guys would like. Um, but that's uh that's it. That's part one. That's all we get for right now. Hopefully, we get a part two soon. But uh, that's some inspirational stuff to go out on. I think, and uh, yeah. So with uh, that, tune in for the next one, friends. Yeah.